0: So, this morning, I've been just sitting with the Lord, just seeking what he would have me to share. I started seeking uh, late last night, and I've got some good counsel from my brother elders and my wife and other good folks in the family. I want to share with you just something brief today. I'm, I was scheduled to preach next Sunday for Father's Day. And so we can just consider this a two-part thing. <laughs> I believe that's what the Lord wants. And so this is allowing me to really walk in that faith journey that we all are called to. Did you realize that this life is a faith walk? That wasn't rhetorical, people. Uh, I'm from a tradition. Let I me mean, remind some of those because you may be visiting here, you don't know, not familiar with me. Uh, let me just say, I'm from a tradition where it is okay to interact with the preacher. It doesn't distract me, unless you throw something. That that's happened. I was a youth pastor for a while, and uh, but I'm okay with knowing that you're engaged. It's okay. Alright, so don't, don't, don't. So if I ask a question, sometimes I will let you know. I really want an answer. So, did you know that this life is a faith journey? Yes. yes. Okay, now maybe some don't know, and that's okay too. That's why I want to explain. So that you'll understand that this life that you have been given by God's grace and love is one about faith. Faith in a loving God. Not just, just people, we have blind faith. I've never seen the word blind faith, that term in scripture. I haven't. I mean, if you've seen it, maybe your translation. But translation. So it's not about blind faith. Faith must have an object. It has to. But you're wondering, so, but, but the Bible says faith is the evidence of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So what am I and I want to propose to you that our faith must be rooted, grounded in the love of God and a God that loves you. Maybe a God that you're not familiar with, but I'm happy to explain. In scripture, there's a verse I want to a passage I want to share with you that has held me even in these recent hours. It's in Romans chapter eight. If You don't have a Bible. won't you raise your hand, If you don't have a Bible. We've got Bibles to pass out for people to follow along. And if you don't have one, you can keep this. It's a gift. We believe that God's word is truly a gift to us. And we would love to share it with you. I'm looking in the book of Romans. It's in the New Testament. It's just after the first four books we call the Gospels and then uh, actually after that one, after Acts, then there's Romans, okay? I don't have a page number in the Blue Bible. Anybody got, can you yell out? And 550, thanks Kim, 550. In the Blue Bible, we're passing out. Romans chapter eight. We're gonna roll down and begin reading at verse 31, in Romans chapter eight, verse 31. In my Bible, there's a heading, and it says, God's everlasting love. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How shall we not also with him graciously give all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Verse 35 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, famine, nakedness, or danger, or sword, as it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Verse 37. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. 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 That's God's word. Nothing can separate you from God's love. But I'm reminded of this story of a pastor friend of mine. He gave me permission to share this. (laughs) He tells the story of how a friend of his and his son went to the zoo. Beautiful day. They go in and they're looking at all the different animals and they notice a crowd around the exhibit for the African Impala. So they get in and they overhear the attendant giving cool descriptions and facts about the African Impala. Anybody familiar with African Impala? All right, most not. I mean, that's cool. Because I wasn't either until I heard this story. I just thought about the Chevy car, you know, the Impala. That's all I knew. And so they listen to these facts like, did you know that this animal has the ability standing still to jump straight up 13 feet? Not only high, they can jump 30 feet out, reach top speeds of like 60 miles an hour. This little animal Well, all this is by design, because the ability to jump up is so that predators can't just sneak up on them from behind. And the speed, of course, is to dodge cheetahs that love to prey on Impalas. All of this by God's design. But this next fact that that person shared really through my friend's friend, because they noticed that the Impala was in the zoo, behind a three-foot wall. (laughs) How is that possible? This animal, by God's design, with all that I just told you, is stuck behind a three-foot wall. And so my friend's friend leaned in to hear what she gonna say about this one. Well, the fact is that (laughs) zoo attendants do a little trick on impalas when they're little, they know that adult impalas have this little quirky thing. They won't jump like they're built to do when they can't see where they're going to land. And so they teach the little ones to look at the adults, right? They're not jumping, they're not running. So I just keep on just behind the three foot wall. (laughs) They have no idea of who they are and the ability that they have by God's design. They won't jump. Now, my brother Jesse, I know as a shepherd, that I have plenty of good friends of the flock who like this Impala are stuck behind three foot walls. Because they're afraid of what faith looks like when they can't see. If I can't control it, if, I, if it doesn't make logical sense to me, I don't, mm, mm, mm And this love of God from a father, God, makes no sense to so many. But I wonder for you, what's your three-foot wall? What's your three-foot wall? And do you realize that this love of God, when God says that nothing can separate us from this love, that's wrecking my brain right now. Life, death, spiritual powers, nothing can separate us. But what do we do? How is it that we find ourselves behind these walls all the time? What's your wall? What's got you stuck? Is it something from your past? Something right now? I found that walls are built oftentimes on expectations that have gone unmet. Our unmet expectations oftentimes get us stuck because it's not the way we thought it should go. This marriage, parenting, this church, oh my gosh, and you're stuck. And God said, come to me, put your eyes on me. Do you know who you are? Do you know about my love? Yeah, I would, but you know, if my, you know some things were different. And you just wonder. And I'm right there with you. I'm like in front of the line, just wandering around this enclosed space held captive. Hmm. So what I want to do today in sharing, sharing that with you is to invite you to ask the Spirit of God what's holding you captive from jumping and leaping into the love of God's arms. I want to have that time be unhurried, unrushed. Again, I'll go deeper next week. But I want you to come even next week, if it's God's will for you to be here, with expectation, having taken some time to really ask God, and maybe your wall, you're thinking, you know, three foot, no, doc, my wall is like the Great Wall of China. This is so big. So big, I can't even hear God's voice through the wall. It's been here for a long time, and, you know, I've learned to get, get along. I mean, you look at those beautiful animals walking around in the zoo, and they look content. It's working. Nobody's getting hurt. But what does God have for you? What has God spoken to you? What has he called you to? First of all, he's called you to a relationship, to intimacy with him. So what's impeding your intimacy with God? And in calling you to intimacy, there is an identity that he has for you as well. What's got you stuck and not knowing who you are? Intimacy and identity. But these walls keep us separated from them. I want to invite uh, the band to come up. And we're going to go into this time of reflection and being still. So that the spirit has room to work. We're gonna stop working and give the spirit room to work. You know, I've, uh, I guess it's always good to go first. My wall, you know, for years I dreamed and even practiced being a pastor Oh uh, man. And what got worse is that people kept kept asking me, so are you a pastor? I'll go to your church. And after a while it was like at first it was like a nice compliment, like, wow, that oh oh man, thank you. But then I got to hear it so much that it became more of a uh voice of shame. Because I'm thinking <laughs> when it comes down to it. I got too much junk in my trunk to um, try and shepherd somebody, you know? I mean,
1: <laughs> whoo,
0: shepherding begins at in the home. And, and so I got a wife telling me that she feels emotionally abandoned by me. I got a daughter who loves to dance. The girl was dancing in her mom's womb, just kicking, just kicking. So she comes out and she don't stop. She don't stop, she just keeps going. And then I was like the most jacked up dad. (laughs) I wouldn't dance with her. I got a son. My firstborn son. When I heard that Isaiah was coming, I couldn't talk. I was scared to death of being a dad, of a son. I mean, the baby girl, that was I me, mean, she had me wrapped, you know, that's easy. But a son? I mean, I've told some of you my story. I, I had a, a biological dad that wasn't there and a stepdad who hated me, so I'm like, I had. Daddy issues to the core. I didn't know how to love a son. So, like Zachariah, (laughs) I didn't talk about it. And then he came, this beautiful boy. And you've seen him. When he plays those drums, it's no different when he was two. (laughs) Playing the pans, you know playing in his head because his daddy wouldn't buy him a drum set (sighs) so he taught himself (laughs) praise God and then I got a son who when we found he was coming I shaved my beard and stuff off you know clean face for the first time in years and my wife just before going into labor I, I, I surprised her with my clean face <laughs> and it put her into labor you know <laughs> I, I was so excited because I, I really wanted to redeem as a dad and a husband and so the Lord showed me that my Jew was going to be overflow, overflow. But with all that love, all that, I mean, my family was so gracious to me during my years of being a total fill in the blank. But the love didn't stop. The love didn't stop. God's love and his love through my family didn't stop.
1: It was me.
0: It was me. And again, my wall of separation and neglect and all of that seemed so big. And I just needed God. I just needed God to just kick that wall in, to do something, because I want to, but I just don't know how. So maybe you feel that way. Maybe there's something, someone, someplace, but I want to tell you there's a love of God that's reckless, resent, re- re- relentless, crazy love that's coming after you, and you thought you could run from him, you thought that standing still and being passive was the way to avoid it, no, but this love keeps flowing, and it's running after you, it chased me down, it chased me down. And at some point, you got to surrender. I encourage you even today surrender. You got people praying for you, been praying for you for years. Surrender. So, this song has been in my spirit all week. I just want you to listen to it. Just the melody right now again I want you to just take some time with this God that's very near you, very near you right now whether you know or it's been a while just let this God come and minister to your soul so God right now we're here before you and there's no room to run maybe in our hearts we are dodging you and putting you off, but I pray, O hound of heaven, that you'll continue your love pursuit of each one of us. For love's sake, for freedom's sake, for peace and joy and hope that we need so much. Thank you that you never tire of us. Thank you that you never give up on us. Renew in so many even today a new hope, a new love for a child, for a spouse, for a roommate, for co-workers and bosses and neighbors. Renew. We need you, God. Zephaniah 3, verse 17, he will quiet you with his love. Deuteronomy, the Lord did not set his love on you or choose you because you were more in number than any other people, for you were the least of all people, but because the Lord loves you. We love him because he first loved us. You, he is reconciled into the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. In this is love. Not that we love God but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. This Son, this precious begotten Son, Jesus, gave his life for us.